I'll let Coach open it up with a few brief comments, and then you know the drill. Raise your hand if you have a question. We'll get a mic to you. Uh, really, I want to start by thanking uh, our student body. What an unbelievable atmosphere. They were there extremely early. Um, they were loud. They, they had an impact on the game. Uh, and uh, again, that, those efforts do not go unnoticed by our staff uh, and certainly our players. So uh, students, job well done. Keep up the good work. Um, that's, that's what a college football atmosphere uh, is supposed to feel like. Um, that being said, obviously, um, we had a lot to learn uh, from Saturday, Saturday night's ball game. And um, our guys are very eager to get back to work, uh, turn the page, and, uh, and move on to going 1-0 and this week. And uh, only updated injury, um, B.J. Foster will be out uh, at least a couple weeks with a, a pretty significant uh, hamstring. Uh, issue. Right. Questions? Third in front middle with Dennis. Coach, now that you saw the film, how much of um, the secondaries, um, the, the concerns with, with your secondary are more about LSU or how much of it was that these are some young guys that have, have a lot to learn? Now fixable, is it? Oh, it's very fixable. Um, you know, we, we've got talented players that, that care. Um, Part of it's not, you know, when you complete passes, they're, they're, it's not always on the secondary. You know, we had some linebackers that um, uh, were out of position and some underneath coverage as well. So, um, and then let's let's not discount the fact that Joe Burrow had a, a, about as good a game as I. I mean, he threw the ball in in spots and in places with the amount of accuracy um it was um something to see um we got to do better though i mean we're, we're going to face really good receivers and and really good quarterbacks in this league um but you know we're, we're also not not ready to sound all the alarms just yet knowing uh the caliber of what we just played and knowing that the the improvements are not um, like you said, they're, they're certainly fixable. Stay in the middle. Ed? Coach, can you talk about Devin DuVernay? What an outstanding game he had and really really made a big splash on the national scene. Yeah, I don't know about the national scene part, but I know, um, you know he's on my leadership council. Um, I, I just... The... the, the <laughs> I don't know another way to say it, but the, the anger that he runs with once he has the ball in his hands and the physicality is just so impressive for, for a slot receiver. And um, I'm, I'm glad he's on our team. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he is um, fully bought in, fully committed, uh, compelled even at this point in his career. And um, yeah, I, I would expect much of the same from him. Looks like Quan Cosby. Yeah, I don't. I know what Quan Cosby looks like now. So, <laughs> uh, what Quan look used to look? Like. <laughs> I know what Quan used to look like. Yeah. On your right, Cedric. 
Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it's talk, education. I mean, there's no magic pill. There's no, um, you know, quote that I'm going to give him that's that's going to, you know, rectify anything. Um, he knows he one needs to respond to adversity better in game, and then two, you know, I told the whole team yesterday, and it, it, it applies. Uh, certainly to Keontae is you've only failed once you stop learning from your mistakes and improving and that's that's when you're a failure um, making mistakes is part of life and it's part of growing it's part of you know they're there um, you got to use mistakes as feedback and get, get criticism from the experts uh, which are your coaches and and then apply that uh, feedback and criticism and, and go and prove but so that the only way you can fail is if you don't improve from and learn from your mistakes and I, I fully believe that Keontae um, you know plans on doing that and uh, second what did you see from your second running back with Sean Johnson and also if you could update some of those other guys that have been out for a while um, yeah I mean Roshan looks like he's been doing it for a while, right? I mean, you, you forget it's been 15 days in, a, in his life that he's played that position, um, and he's going out against, you know, what I think potentially could be a you know a top 10 defense, um, as good a defense as, as we played around here uh, in a while, uh, and he didn't flinch. He he made some nice runs. He's um, he finishes on contact really, really well. So I, I was uh, I'm continually happy with his progress. I think Coach Drayton has done uh, a marvelous job getting him up to speed, and and certainly the kids got the the want to, the desire, the um, you know, and the physical traits to do it. Uh, and then there there really isn't an update. Uh, Danny and Kirk um, probably. The, the likeliest is whoever we play after the bye week. I'm not sure. Um, I, I I think Oklahoma State. I mean, that'd be a um, a bit of a pipe dream at, at this point. Brian, uh, Tom, at least at least statistically speaking, just statistically, you're starting three defensive linemen. Don't have a sack or a quarterback pressure yet. How much is that complicating things? None. Malcolm Roach and Keandre Coburn were absolutely, um, they had a very, very good game. They were very disruptive. I, stats don't matter for defensive linemen. Do you disrupt the offense? And if the answer is yes, um, you're doing your job. And then, and then now that you have reviewed it, what did you think of the safety play and, and the, the way that Jefferson and those guys were getting open over the well, again, I, those are two s- separate entities. I think we're you, we're all just assuming that it was the secondary's fault that people were open. That, that's that's not a fair assumption until you know what each coverage call was and whose responsibility that is. So, um, 
we got to get better everywhere on that side of the ball, and um, including us as coaches, you know. And if that means we got to dial back a little bit, and um, you know, so be it. Obviously, we're facing a much different animal this week in, in terms of, of what Rice is going to do offensively. So um, won't really get to test that uh, as, as much this week, but. Um, um, no, the, the entire team, we've got to get better, and the safeties are part of that team. So, um, On your left, Donovan. Coach, you, you talked about not stopping to get along. How many conversations since Saturday have you had, you know, just picking up, the, uh, picking up your players, talking to your staff about, about that, that particular subject that the season? I don't know how many conversations, but um, it's certainly been discussed. You know, I think um, there will never be moral victories at, at Texas, um, but there there are a lot of positive things that that we can glean from that game. Um, certainly, offensively, considering the the caliber of defense and, and caliber of defensive players uh, that that we were going up against, and so. Um, yeah, this is a pre-conference game that that um, uh, has n- no bearing on you know our standing in our conference, and we will be a better team for having played that game. And and I'm I'm glad we did. And uh, there, there's a, a lot a lot of positive that will come from having played that game, regardless of the outcome. Back middle, Steve. Coach, a couple for you. First of all, um, you guys really look like y'all belonged in the spotlight the other night. I mean, you, did you get that from the preparation and the after effects, even though you guys lost, what, what it was like in the locker room? And can you talk about Sam Cosby a little bit? I mean, obviously, you had a great game on the offensive line. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but our goal is not to just belong. You know, our, our goal is to, to win those things. Um, and I, I get there's a, a bit of PTSD around here for, you know, the, the prior decade or so. Um, but, you know, we're, we're – I told our team, you know, in three years we've come this far and we've got this far to go to be elite, and that's the la- that that last bit is the hardest part, right? Um, and and we're, we're getting there. Um, and then I thought our offensive line played great, played great. Um, Derek Kerstetter held his own as well as Sam Cosme, um, but I I thought all five of those guys of any of the position groups on the entire team. Knowing what they were playing against, um, they did a really, really good job. Prime Middle, Kirk? Yeah, I was curious, uh, you're concerned about missed tackles in the game. I wonder how many y'all had. I, I don't know the answer to that. Concern? Uh, you, you're going to miss tackles against elite, elite athletes as long as we're running to the football. We always got to get better at tackling. So, yes, it, it is a concern. Um, but we also know that that nobody's that's ever played defense has never missed a tackle. So you're going to miss tackles. Uh, but do your other ten guys, are they are they running with their hair on fire 
uh, to get there to have your back, and, and I did see that on, on Saturday night. And on the LSU injury front, you mentioned that there may have been a concern about the injuries that disrupted y'all's momentum. When did I say that? When did I say that? I thought you said Saturday night. That it was, was a concern? Down. Huh? Then laying down. They had stopped selling momentum. And I was concerned about it? What were you? I mean, I no. you said you were Saturday. No, I'm not concerned about it. I was really proud of our guys. You know, we had, um, we had our medical staff only had to jog on the field one time, and that was the last play of the game when, uh, on the onside kick when and Josh Thompson got blindsided in his ribs. So, you know, credit to Yancey McKnight, our training staff, uh, and our kids for, for knowing how important it is to prepare your body for, for games like that. Well, I'm not saying they were cramping on purpose or anything, but do you think if teams do that, that would be unethical? Just the practice, because a lot's been said about it nationally. I haven't given it two thoughts. In the middle, Mike, Coach, it seems like this season, well, going back to last season as well, your team continues to fight. You're down 20 to 7 at halftime, and they came back and made it a game that was there for the taking. What are your thoughts on your team's heart? Love it. Um, you know, we're getting to the point, uh, you know, the, the team last year, you know, well documented. I thought we were a bit overachievers, um, and that's a compliment. Um, and so when you increase your development, you increase your talent pool, um, you increase your culture, um, and you still have that overachiever mentality of playing hard and, and fighting and scrapping and all that, that's when magic starts to happen. And so I, I was really, really proud of the effort um, and, and physicality of our team. And there was not a – we were fine. I mean, the locker room at halftime, I mean, it was – we didn't – we didn't. there was nobody feeling like we weren't in the, in the game. Uh, as good as Sam's been and as, as good as he's grown into this role at starting quarterback, where do you want to see him get better? I don't know. You know, he, the guy has 500 yards of offense and um, five touchdowns, and you got to stop yourself because even he would tell you that wasn't, you know, he, he was a bit off at, at times. And so you've got to temper your expectations, I think, sometimes. But... Um, you know, just probably from a fundamental thing, just more consistently accurate. Um, you know, there are, there are times when he throws, I mean, some beautifully accurate balls, uh, and then there's a few that, that get away from him for one one reason or another. But other than that, I mean, that's he's. I love having him on our team. On your right, Joe. Is that second corner spot still going to be something that you go week to week with? And how would you kind of assess the uh, performance of both Jalen, Kobe, Anthony, all those corners in the preseason game? Not great, um, but certainly 471 yards is not all on the corners. Um, so we've got to get a lot of things fixed and, and we've, we've got to make some improvement there and 
Um, the first part of your question, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they'll continue to, to have competition, and we'll, we'll see who, if anybody separates that other corner spot. Front middle, armor. Coach, I, I clearly hindsight is always, you know, 2020. It's easy to be. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, right? Uh, so the two questions I do have is. Don't say have, that to your, your subscribers. <laughs> that what they're doing is easy. Uh, if, you had, if you had to do it all over again, would you still dial up the, the blitz on, on third and 17? And the second question is, um, do, you, do you guys have to resist any urge of trying to make huge changes when it's only after one game, second game of the season, and only a seven-point loss? Um. I, I honestly, I hadn't. We don't live in a world of what ifs, you know, and or um, shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know. Um, we made the call, felt like the right call at the time, and um, the quarterback made it. I mean, he was jumping, falling on one of his offensive linemen, and threw it right in the receiver's hand. So um, he made a great play, great play. So. We don't, as coaches, ever think about shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, and then I don't. I mean, we're into year three right now. Um, you guys all wanted me to fire coaches and um, change this and change that after uh, an entire season, and we stayed the course. And um, so, one game, a seven-point loss, the number four team in the country. We're going. We're, we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to figure out where we need to improve and improve it. On your left, Dan? Um, Tom, in ideal settings, um, where would you say Cameron Gibbers' range is? Where does that kind of max out? And did you think about sending him back out there after the LSU timeout for that? Yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, I, I think especially he had a little bit of breeze behind him. I, I mean, we, we did a two-minute drill in training camp, and he hit a 57 yarder, you know, kind of walk off, you know, with two seconds left. Um, so I think game on the line, like if we were down two and you got to line up for a 57, 58, 59 yarder, we'd probably do it rather than throw a Hail Mary. Um, but at that time, after they called timeout, I, I figured they were going to get their field goal return team set up and that if he mishit it, we were going to have a bunch of 300-pound guys trying to cover a guy returning a, a kick, so it felt like the right thing to do then to jog the punt team out. Roger. Tom, what's the significance in your, your stop at Rice in your coaching career and then the fact that you get to take your team to, to Houston to play a game center? I don't know what the significance is. I, we, we have extremely fond memories um, of our time there, you know, we we love. We lived in Missouri City and Siena Plantation. Had great neighbors. Um, obviously, the administration there was was great. You know, Chris Del Cani, That's you know where uh, we first connected, and it's where I first found Yancey McKnight. So I think that's pretty significant. Um, but uh, it's exciting for our. Anytime you go play in a pro stadium, too, I, I think is exciting for for our players and knowing how many Houstonians we have on our team you know it's kind of fun to go go back home and, and play a ball game middle Brian I actually wanted to build off that very topic um, 
Yeah. When you when you were at Houston, y'all had you know, the H Town takeover was a huge deal, and you were laser focused on getting Katie and just everybody all over that area. And, and here you continue to gobble up Houston recruits. Just granted, I know Houston supports in the state, but just in your mind, how is it important is it that y'all try to get as many guys out of there as possible when there are a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's, it's something maybe makes for, for good Monday morning quarterback talk, but it's not something we ever talk about. Like, we, we have to get this region or that region. We, we, want, we want to sign great players. Uh, and if, if they're in tra- Texas, great. If they're in Houston, great. If they're in Dallas, great. If they're in Victoria, great. I mean, um, but we, we certainly don't prioritize one region over another uh, in state. And real quick, and because this is, this is Rice's game, y'all can't have recruits there, right? Or at least host recruits, right? Are we the road road team? Correct. Then you yeah, we 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 could not okay. have even even when we're the home team, like in in the the Red River game, we can give them tickets, but we came and talk right. to them. Right. Okay. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. No time for one last one. Chip on the left. Tom, can you talk about what BJ Foster has brought to this defense um, and who? takes over for him well I think yeah he's extremely physical um, you know with with good size and speed good good instincts um, you know we, we've, we've got to coach him better on on uh, some of the details uh, but DeMarvion would be the, the the likely candidate you know the, the good thing is that's by far our deepest position on the team um, you know, with Chris Brown playing as well as he is, Josh Thompson's, um, you know, played a lot of football in DeMarvian. So um, there's, I mean, he, BJ was playing a lot for a reason, but there, there is uh, certainly some pretty good options in that room. Thanks, Coach. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks,